Man Up, brought to you by Construction Professionals, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulus every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now, it's time to Man Up. Man Up, also underwritten by McDonald Imaging Solutions. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio, broadcasting from the Mercy One Studio. Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM, and 94.5 FM. Streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. We're very involved in the social media world. Very excited today to have back on Dr. Peter Kraft to discuss the book of Job in our Great Men of the Bible series. Let's start in prayer. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our safeguard against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Moving right along, it's an interesting one today with the book of Job. Anyone who's ever had any experience with the book of Job knows that it's one of those timeless pieces of literature. As we talked about early on, the first episode of this series, there are many different types of literature, genres within the Bible. This one fits into the genre of poetry, the book of Job. It gives us many life lessons, and there's no one better out there, quite frankly, to talk about this than Dr. Peter Kraft. I was really excited that he agreed to join us for this interview because I've, I've heard him talk so much on this book. He has t- tremendous insights into the book and what we can get out of it. So excited to have him on the other side of the break. One note of, uh, of not warning, but just to give you a note, the interview itself uh, had some Bluetooth connections issues. Um, so there's going to be a little bit of audio quality to worry about. But that said, listen closely to the words he's saying. and You'll get a lot out of the interview, I promise. So we're going to head to a short break. And when we return, we will have on Dr. Peter Kraft to discuss the book of Job. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up. Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio, and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com. I want to thank McDonald Imaging Solutions. They are sponsors of Man Up. If you were at the state fair this year, they were the ones who provided the new tents and the Pope on a Stick fans that we used. McDonald Imaging Solutions is a family business with thousands of promotional items to choose from. They do things from labeling to marketing, printing, and provide all kinds of promotional products. Marty will personally help any business, big or small, to build their brand with corporate apparel and promo items. McDonald Imaging Solutions. Building brands, attracting new customers online at McDonaldImagingSolutions.com. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu. 
Are you looking for a supportive, like-minded homeschooling community that values virtue and academics? Do you desire a Catholic peer group for your children that builds lasting relationships? Established in 2010, Catholic Schoolhouse Des Moines offers programs from preschool through high school using a classical model. Whether you are currently homeschooling or considering homeschooling, we can help. For more information, visit catholicschoolhouse.com. This message was brought to you by Savage Power. My help comes from you You're right here pulling me through You carry Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio Broadcasting from the Mercy Live Up Studios Heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM and 94.5 FM I am Joe Stopulis And today I'm joined by Peter Kraft Dr. Kraft is a professor of philosophy at Boston College and the King's College and he's the author of numerous books. Last I checked, it was somewhere over 75, uh, and as well as a popular writer of Christian philosophy, theology, and apologetics. His books include The Handbook of Christian Apologetics, The Summa of the Summa, Prayer for Beginners, and many other great works. Today, he is joining us to discuss the topic of great men in the Old Testament, and today he's going to be talking about Job. Dr. Kraft, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So I wanted you for this episode, as I was kind of going through you know, great men of the Bible, and I wanted to pick out Job, and the reason you came to mind is a few months ago I read a couple of C.S. Lewis books. One was The Problem of Pain, and one was Till We Have Faces. And and after reading them, uh, I listened to a couple talks that you had given on those books, and you regularly referenced the book of Job throughout those talks and discovered that you'd kind of gleaned a lot of inf- a lot of insight uh, out of the book of Job and thought you'd be perfect to help us learn more about Job and what we can learn from him. So we'll, we'll start with that. Obviously, a lot of tie-ins with C.S. Lewis uh, and the book of Job, but can you start us with maybe a background on the book and how it fits into the Bible? Well, in a sense, it's like the book of Ecclesiastes because it questions the whole of the faith of God's chosen people, the Jews. Uh, if there is a God who is good and moral and just, then why do the righteous suffer? Uh, a just God and an apparently unjust world don't seem to fit together. Uh, and that's one of Ecclesiastes' arguments, too. Uh, in Ecclesiastes, we have just a philosopher sitting back and speculating about it, and uh, at least the first part of a, the book concludes that vanity of vanities all is vanity. And only in the last few verses do we get the answer, either from the original author or maybe from a second author. In Job, we live the problem uh, and the solution rather than just think it. So the answer is not theoretically satisfying at the end of the book of Job. God doesn't explain things to Job. He asks questions. But Job is satisfied. So put those two books together, and you get a kind of uh, philosophical and personal uh, questioning the faith and an answer. So the the book of Job itself fits in t- from a time I've seen many different uh, interpretations of the timing. Um, where would you throw it in? I've got it right after Joseph, maybe around the time of Moses. Um, as far as dating it, would you throw it much later than that, or much earlier than that? I should say. I don't have the authority to answer. That okay, question. so you're I'm not a <laughs> scholar. I am told that it's a very old book and that it probably has layers in it, maybe as many as three layers, because the story itself, the, the narrative, is the first few and last few chapters, and then the poetry, which takes up most of the middle part, might be another layer, and then the speeches of Elihu, the fourth speaker, seems to be added on later. Uh, it fits together nicely, 
But uh, the oldest part of it probably goes back, oh, I don't know, uh, at least 1,008 B.C. Yeah, so as we're talking about trying to work through the Bible, one of the things to think about is this book shows up right after Maccabees, so Maccabees in your timeline is going to be bumping up right against well, right against Jesus, the last uh, chronologically one of the last books in the Old Testament, and then when you're looking through the Bible, the book of Job shows up. So again, this is as you're learning the Bible, understand that Job is actually going to be placed closer um, to the front of the Bible as far as timeline goes, but it's not a narrative book. It doesn't follow the story of uh, of the history of Israel. So we show up, and, and as far as genre goes, as you mentioned, it's it's a it's a book of poetry, right? So how are we supposed to interpret poetry? Uh, in 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 the fact that this is not a salvation, this is not part of the the story of of Israel. It's something completely different. And how does that fit into the Bible? Well, um, Judaism and Christianity, unlike all other religions, are about history, about God's actions in history. Uh, our scriptures include uh, three kinds of books: those narratives, which are central, then. Uh, philosophical and theological reflections on the narrative, which is the wisdom literature, and then the books of prophecy. So this is in the middle. This is a piece of wisdom literature, and it presupposes the narrative. It presupposes the events of salvation history, uh, the Exodus, for instance, or the creation story. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got the book open here to the first chapter of Job, and I think this is important for people. You know, there are a lot of our listeners who maybe haven't experienced Job. They know of him, but the story itself is is rich and compelling. I think one of the the interesting things again about the Bible in general is that here's a piece of poetry, and if you were to line up some of the greatest pieces of, of literature and poetry in the world, this is going to fall into that. Um, whether it's, it's secular, the all time classic about the problem of evil, mm-hmm. yes. and it is. <laughs> People, I mean, would go up against any of the great works of literature of all time, and it just so happens that it's in the Bible. Um, and it says there's a man uh, from the land of Oz. His name is Job, and the man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. And then it talks about everything that was given to him: sons and daughters and sheep and, and thousands of camel and on and on and on. And they would hold feasts and parties. And then after the course of the day. After the parties and when the, the feasts had run their course, Job would send and sanctify them, and he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And thus Job did continually. So uh, a man who was righteous, blameless, upright, uh, was blessed beyond, you know, with material and, and familial blessings. And- so he had both kinds of good. He had the good that comes from him, moral holiness, and the good that comes to him, good fortune. And in a just world, those two things fit together. And so the situation is set up perfectly. And then it's upset by Job losing all of his, his goods, but not his moral character. So then Satan decides to enter the uh, the equation here. And Satan is all, it basically approaches God, right, and says, Hey, I, I bet you I can... I can tempt anyone. I can get anyone to turn away from you. And God says, no, I've got this. There's Job, this, this man named Job. And Job, no matter what happens to him, he he will he's a, he will stick with me. And the story kind of takes off from there. And I'll let you, I mean, wh- how, how do you want to elaborate upon the, the conversations between Satan and, and God? Well, the first thing to notice is that Satan has to ask God permission. And God doesn't have to grant it. So God's in control all the time. It's not as if God and Satan are two card players across the table, each with an equal chance of winning. 
I mean, God is like the New England Patriots and everybody else. Is like, <laughs> Nobody else has got a chance. I'm a Packers fan, and I resent that sentiment. But anyway, I, <laughs> unfortunately, I can't argue with you right now on that. And then Satan's challenge is that Job is not really only man. Uh, he's uh, an egotist. He's a pragmatist. Uh, God's like Santa Claus. He comes down his chimney with presents every Christmas, and that's the only reason that Job loves him. Uh, so Satan says, if you come down his chimney without presents this Christmas, he'll stop loving you. Mm-hmm. And God says, I know he won't. And it's not for Satan's sake that God allows the test, nor for God's sake, because God knows everything. It must be for Job's sake. So once you believe in that God, that revealed himself to the Jews, uh, the only possible interpretation of those first few chapters is that God is performing an experiment out of love for Job. This really isn't seen that way. It seems as if Job is getting the stick, but he's really getting uh, a lesson in wisdom and holiness, and at the end he's happier than he was at the beginning. Yeah, so the first uh, two chapters there, it says how, how great of a man he was and how blessed he was, and then the conversation happens between uh, Satan and God, and then the first attempt, or the first test, really, is that he loses all of his his possessions. He, he loses uh, all of his possessions, and he does not curse God. He he stays he stays steadfast. Um, and then Satan says, "Well, if you take away his health, then he'll then he'll he'll curse you." And, God, and then Satan shows up and afflicts him with tons of sores uh, in chapter two, and Job continues to stay steadfast. Uh, in his love of God. What what can we glean from those first two tests? Well, the temptations come in levels. The uh, easiest ones to overcome, if you have any wisdom at all, is ones that don't touch you, but just touch the stuff that you have, because the stuff that you have isn't you, unless you're an idolater. Uh, But since your body is you, since the Jews, unlike the Greeks, had a very high view of the human body, it wasn't just a temporary house that, that spirit sits in. It's you. So when God allows Satan to afflict Job's body, that's a much more difficult temptation to overcome. And the fact that Job doesn't curse God even then, although he does curse the name of the earth, uh, that's very impressive. So that uh, the author's characterization of Job as a righteous and holy man who fears God and turns away from evil is repeated by God himself to the devil, word for word. So we know that's true. Uh, the interpretation of Job that contradicts that can't possibly be right. And so that, Job's a good man, and yet the temptations are almost impossible to overcome, and Job just barely makes it. Yeah, and at the at the end of that second chapter, his wife, his wife turns to him and says, do you still hold fast to your integrity, curse God, and die? So his wife now yeah. turns away from him as well, to add insult yeah. injury. Yeah. And his three friends. He's got nothing. Which is that's the bulk of the story. So for people who are not familiar with it, basically from chapters three until chapters thirty-eight, it is his three friends um, basically walking through, explaining to him without very much, without very, very little sympathy, um, why why God has done what He's done. There's great humor in the characterization of the three friends. With friends like that, who needs enemies? They're called comforters, but they're Job's main torture. Because he has no friends left, with, with friends like that who blame Job, uh, and and basically are cursing Job, although Job refuses to curse that more God. Uh, with with friends like that, you've got nothing left. 
and this goes on and on, and it's back and forth. So basically, the 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 rest of the story up until chapter thirty eight is one of his friends speaks Job's response. One of his friends speaks Job's response. That happens six times basically, and, and then a new character, as you mentioned, shows up. Oh, what chapter is that? That is in chapter thirty two. Alehu uh, shows up and rebukes. Uh, his friends and addresses Job. What do you make of uh, Alehu showing up on the scene? I'm not sure. Uh, does it add to the story? I suppose so. Alehu was a little wiser than the three friends. Still not wholly wise. God doesn't mention him at the end when yeah. God shows up and says the three friends are wrong, they must sacrifice, and Job is right. Uh, so I guess that's a kind of a mediating uh, position. Mm-hmm. He's wise. He gets his wisdom not from authority, from books, from uh, from other people. He gets his wisdom from experience, even a mystical experience. So there's, there's something profoundly true about what Elihu says. And one of the things I love the most about this book is how it kind of builds to this climax. So it, it builds and builds and builds, and there's a this climax of chapter 38, and it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. So it's, it's been a lot of speculation this whole time of, of why— why this all happened to Job. The climax, the climax is also a climax of the humor, uh, just as it's very ironic for the author to call Job's three so-called friends his comforters. Uh, so it's ironic to say that God gives Job an answer, because God does not answer a single one of Job's very good <laughs> and passionate questions. Yeah. All he does is ask questions. Who are you? <laughs> I didn't notice you uh, helping me to design the world. Were you there with the angels when they sang together? Oh, no? Really? So God's sermon to Job is really uh, a longer and poetic version of my favorite sermon of all time. Uh, I have ADD, so I get bored very easily, so I like short sermons. This is the shortest sermon I ever heard. God himself preached it to a medieval mystic named St. Catherine. And he said, I'm going to summarize all of divine revelation in four words. I'm God, you're not. That's what Job learns, who God is and who he is. He's not God. And so much of the literature that that you had mentioned that I talked about earlier with the problem of pain uh, until we have faces and just a lot of C.S. Lewis in general comes down to that. And that's what it's that is the lasting uh, the the reason this is such a lasting work and, and why it's so important is because of that. So I'll, I'll give our, our listeners a taste. That, again, this is Job 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. Who is it? that darkness counsels by words without knowledge. Gird up your loins like a man. I will question you, and you shall declare to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determines its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched out the line upon it? On what was its basin sunk? And it goes on from there. And to your point, I mean, God doesn't actually answer the question. He just continues to say, were you there when I created the clouds? Have you ever made a rainstorm, et cetera, et cetera? And now Job has to answer God's question. And his answer is perfect. I know who I am. I'm the man who had these empty-headed words. I'm a fool. And I know who you are. You're God. You have all the answers. Yeah, that... uh, And those are, the two, those are the two things we need to know, who we are and who God is, because those are the only two persons that we can never, ever escape or avoid for a single second in this life or in the next. It's, it's like, obviously, uh, the on C.S. Lewis, Till We Have Faces, where he curses the gods, curses the gods, curses the gods, and the end is realized, or she... Uh, realizes, okay, yep, I'm, I'm nothing. I, this is all my fault. Um, and it also gets to the problem of pain. So we talk about the problem of evil, uh, and I think that's one of the other underlying th- uh, themes of this book is that why do good things happen to, or why do bad things happen to good people? 
and uh, I think this book, more so than anything else, can give us you know reasons for that. I mean, who are we when we're in pain? The pain it happens to everybody, the best of us. Um, it's, it's astonishingly ironic. That is, it doesn't square with appearances. It's very different than what it appears to be. The ultimate answer to the question why does God allow the righteous to suffer is because He loves them, and He does the very best thing for them. In other words, the the, the ultimate interpretation of Job is Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good for those who love God. Mm-hmm. Even the worst things. Even, even what Job is sitting on, which the Old King James Bible literally translates as a dung heap. It's a four letter word. <laughs> so. What are, as men in uh, 2019, what are the main things that we can learn uh, from, from the witness of Job? Trust God. He's the only game in town. You're not going to understand everything. Understanding isn't the most important thing. Fidelity is. When we get to the end, uh, God has then, Job agrees with God, and, and as, you, as you mentioned, um, and God basically brings him back more so than where he was before, correct? Right. But he gets, before he gets his stuff back, his possessions, his children, uh, he gets God. And that's enough for him, because he says, I had heard about you by the hearing of the ear. In other words, Job had believed in God, he knew him secondhand. Now Job sees God face to face. He says, now I, I see you, and I'm satisfied. So Job gets a foretaste of heaven. The Jews believe that no man could see God's face and live. There are two exceptions to that, Moses and Job. There's, there's so many good one-liners that, uh, that Job has that, again, have kind of stood the, stood the test of time. And one would be, the first one, I, Job 1, 20, uh, you know, he loses. This is after he's lost all of his, uh, his children. He's lost his uh, cattle and whatnot. And says, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave... And the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So again, when we're facing those tough times, we can look to Job and say, "This is this is the correct response." And then to your point at the end there, uh, I'll, I'll quote: "It says forty-two. This is Job forty-two, uh, verses four to six. Here and I will speak. I will question you and declare to you, and you and you declare to me. And then I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and I repent in dust and ashes." That, to me, sums up the story of Job and what we, as men living today, again, just having that, that faith and understanding that no matter what we're going through, God is God. We're not God. I think that's, it takes some humility, and that's the, that's the, to me, that's the story of Job. What are the, any other uh, themes that we should be taking from this? It's amazing how much God loves his severely brain-damaged children. We keep forgetting the second part of that sermon, that we're not God. He has to keep reminding us. As C.S. Lewis says in The Problem of Pain, pain is God's megaphone to arouse the dull world. Uh, any books you'd recommend uh, for our listeners on this on the subject of Job, or maybe it's a problem, the problem of pain, I'm about to say the word, the problem of pain, books you'd recommend for them to, to, to dive deeper into the subject? Well, a much more personal take by Lewis himself on the problem of pain is his little diary, A Grief Observed, mm-hmm. which he wrote Yep. And that's a very Job-like experience, and it's an utterly honest and utterly faithful uh, and, well, difficult, harrowing book, but uh, the best book I know to give to someone this week. 
All right, so Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis, A Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis, Until We Have Faces by C.S. Lewis. <laughs> All of those uh, are going to come recommended uh, if you want to dive deeper into the, the truths that were uh, that are found in the book of Job. Dr. Crave, thank you so much for joining us today. You're very welcome. God bless you. We're going to head to a short break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Vitae Family Care is part of the Iowa Catholic Radio family. Pro-life physician Greg McKernan, a DO, has practiced for 27 years seeing patients of all ages with just about every kind of need. Dr. McKernan lives his faith as a physician and is trained in NAPRO technology, allowing him to diagnose and treat many female conditions and even markedly reduce the occurrence of a miscarriage. VitaeFamilyCare.com Remember, Vitae is Latin for life. My Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks again to Dr. Peter Kraft. The book of Job falls somewhere around the patriarchs as far as timeline goes, so we thought it'd be a good fit to stick the book of Job in between Genesis and Exodus. Now we're going to move next week into the book of Exodus and we will have the next two episodes will be on, on Moses. It's really difficult to try to cover Moses in one or two episodes, quite frankly. He covers uh, four books of the Bible. But we will have two episodes dedicated to the life of Moses and what we can learn from Moses. Obviously, anyone going through Exodus 90 right now has seen uh, the work of Moses through those books. But, again, similar to Genesis, how important those books were for the foundation of our church, so are the next four books of the Bible specifically the story of Exodus. So really excited uh, next week to jump into the book of Exodus and the story of Moses. Thank you again for joining us on IO Catholic Radio on Man Up. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to Man Up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stopulis. Heard Mondays at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Brought to you by Construction Professionals. Man Up, also underwritten by McDonald Imaging Solutions.